Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Ladies and gents, I am so excited about today's episode. I'm speaking with the most wonderful Kim Minch, who's a friend of mine that actually I have met in person, I'm thrilled to say, in uh, Miami. We had a wonderful sort of weekend together as parenting coaches. And so this is why I'm so thrilled that Kim is speaking with me today. Kim specializes in working with parents of adolescents. And a bit like me, it's it's sort of, you know, it's between the ages of about sort of 10 and sort of 25. I think teenagers is is a sort of that that sort of age group that goes on forever. But Kim's passionate about educating, supporting and encouraging mums and dads to parent with intention and guidance rather than fear and control. She leads with compassion and without judgment through her one-to-one coaching, the small group sessions she runs and local community workshops on topics like, well, values and boundaries, open communication, and I think probably what we're going to be touching on today as well, self-care in parenting. So my darling girl, I'm thrilled you're here. How are you? (laughs) I am ecstatic to be with you, Pi. I should also add that um, Kim facilitates a worldwide support community through meetup.com. It's actually on Zoom for mums of tweens and teens. And it's called, well, it's called Mums Empowering Mums, but I'm sure we will talk about it later on in the episode. Kim's also a published author who began writing about her own parenting journey in 2011 with a memoir entitled My Mother's Footprints, a story of faith, calm, courage, patience and grace. She's currently working on a second book about how she discovered who she truly is through her parenting and how this is an ideal opportunity for all parents. And that's just it. You're based on the other side of the pond, but our country is very slowly coming out of lockdown. And there are lots of quite frazzled parents out there. And it's important, not just now, anytime. But I think... Parents find it quite hard to even admit that there is such a thing as self-care. And so tell me how, I'm really throwing you in at the deep end, aren't I? (laughs) It's just, tell me how you help your parents that you speak to, to sort of deal with this big issue. Well, I got to say, I I have five kids and three of them are grown and flown. The youngest two are 15 and 17. And I know I learned a long time ago when I had my own parenting wake up call that if I didn't take care of myself, I was not going to be able to be a present attuned parent to my kids, which doesn't mean I don't miss things at times. And it is indeed parent self-care is a practice. But first, it's a decision that you make that you're worthy of 
being taken care of physically, emotionally, spiritually. Your mental health is incredibly important as a parent and especially as moms. I think we tend to put ourselves last all the time. Everyone else comes ahead of us and you know, we, we how can we parent best? This is the most important job we have as, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about you, Kai, but I mean, I think that we there is no no more important job than than raising a child into its highest potential. And for us to not take good care of ourselves along the way, not only diminishes us, but really puts obstacles in the way of this child. I think that you, you're quite right. And I think the thing is, is that I was going to say trained, but, you know, we, we have been trained as kids that, you know, we, we in our days, so kids were sort of seen and not heard. And so we were always sort of led to believe that we weren't important. And then now when we are coming up sort of, you know, sort of serving the role as parents as ourselves, we are now being told that actually the kids come first. So I, I, somewhere along the line, I feel as I've been shortchanged all the way through. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And, yes. and and I, I think, because yes, it, it, I mean, it's, over here, there's sort of so many things. Sometimes kids sort of say in, in jest or maybe not, well, I know my rights, you know. And, and that's all well and good. But I think as parents, we don't put ourselves high up in the pecking order. And we don't acknowledge that actually self-care for us is actually a thing. Right. Absolutely. I'm in um, Texas. And that is, I mean, we are definitely all about running our kids to everything, checking the boxes in terms of their sports and extracurricular activities, making sure they're being well tutored in their academics, and all of this running around to make sure that our children are successful is incredibly wearing on parents. And also, again, what example are we showing them? Okay, as you mentioned, we grew up feeling like we're not important like to be seen and not heard I think we were you know you and I are probably in the same age range and Mm -hmm. and that that definitely was a theme while I was growing up not 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 to a punitive point but just you knew like you respected your elders and like you knew your place kind of thing and now I think we've shifted into a place where we're putting our children's success ahead of anything else and therefore not taking care of ourselves along the way, you know, um, and we're also giving them the example. I mean, let's think about it here. We are, we are being the example. So when, so when a parent says to me, I don't have time to take care of myself, I'll do that later, you know, blah, blah, blah. I say to myself, what example are you giving to your teenage daughter? What example are you giving to your young adult son that you run yourself ragged and then not, um, you know, not have anything to bring into the relationship and or the relationship to self. And I think that's the the problem, isn't it? Is and you know, we we are run ragged. Um, we are, and as you sort of touched on, which sort of did a red flag for me, is that we are concentrating on our children's successes, but are we concentrating on our children's well being? Mm, that's you know, true. Um, that's that's true. I think that those are not the same. No, I don't. I per, at least from my experience, that's not necessarily the same. We have to. I think COVID in this particular time is such an opportunity for for several things. First of all, to know that all we really have is today in the present moment, and never have we because we don't know what will change. 
even tomorrow, even in the next couple hours at some point, right? Um, or at some times um, to relish the, the connection that we have within our family unit. And if there's been tension and challenges, certainly with being locked down or, you know, quarantined, we've, we've, these either have been exacerbated or we've made the decision now is the time we've really got to work on these, you know, connections. So, I mean, I lost my point. This is what I do. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I get really going and then... The thing is, is that when we are, because as you said, we are giving our children maybe the wrong idea. We are sort of, you know, maybe some children oh. are feeling entitled. Have you got your track? Success. No? Yes, success. You know, we've, I think this is a time, not only present moment and whatnot, but to redefine what it means, what success means Whoa. to yeah. our children, for our families. Does success mean... Um, making sure that we make enough money to have the large car, the large house, the get take the kids to fancy vacations and, you know, that kind of thing. Is it, is success look like working together, having good communication, having your teenager feel comfortable coming and talking to you about really intense things that they or a friend might be going through during this period of time of, and, you know, want, knowing that their parent isn't going to freak out. You know, they're, they're going to be the calm in the storm. This yeah. is, I think this during the, during adolescence, you know, as our kids head into their teen years and through young adulthood, it is so important for us to be the calm in the storm of what it looks like to grow up. I mean, even prior to this current chapter in our lives. <laughs> but the thing is, is that do we know what it looks like to grow up in this world? Because it's very different from when I was growing up. Um, it is. And so who says that what I think is appropriate or relevant? Because, I mean, and, and I'm not saying it, it's ir- irrelevant, but, you know, for some parents, it's, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't know anything about self-harm. I don't know about, you know, technology I'm sort of fairly hopeless at. You know, when I was young, it was the sort of the, the, the telephone in the hall with the long cable. I mean, you know, it's very, very different. We didn't have all this talk about anxiety. So how can a parent learn um what success is nowadays or Kim is it as simple as just being happy hmm well being happy is (laughs) not always (laughs) simple but yes I do think I also think that we at least from my perspective I educated myself initially on babies and, you know, I did the whole thing before the kid was born and whatever. And I don't think there's enough education and or parent time spent learning. What is it? What does the adolescent brain look like? Because we know so much more about the adolescent brain now than when you and I were growing up. And so I think part of the message that I want to get out to parents is, you know, the change in the adolescent brain, why your child may be acting the way they are. And it is on the part of the parent to take some time to learn about what's going on in life for their kid, you know, what their kid physically and mentally can be going through during this adolescent stage. So can we address that? Let's start educating people now. Um, you know, the, the, this is uh, this is so important because when I speak to sort of parents, I 
feel that it is an education to say, but what your child is going through is normal. But for them, it is hormonal, it is scary, it is confusing. So the last last thing they want is a parent who is on their back about their geography homework or something like that, because our kids are trying to learn where they fit in, not, you know, whether or not they've got an A or an F. So let's talk a bit about the development of the brain, if if you don't mind. Okay, so one of the things I love, Dr. Dan Siegel, I don't know if you're familiar with that name, but he is really, in my opinion, a great authority on the teen brain. He's been studying it for many years and has written gaps of books on it. Um, but in his, in his teachings, he talks about how things, um, all the five senses are heightened, especially during the early part of adolescence. So a cupcake tastes yummier and and if that can be a thing, you know, to a 13 or 14 year old, then it does to us. Um, the things that they, so taste and sight, everything is heightened during these early adolescent years. So that when our kids, for example, I'll just give you kind of a negative um, example, is if, if someone were to try marijuana and or alcohol at a younger age, the younger that they try this, we all know what a glass of wine or something, you know, does to relax ourselves. Imagine a young child whose brain is still really developing, having that glass of wine. And especially if they have, um, you know, some anxiety or some issues, this, then they learn pretty quickly how that will, you know, affect them, um, in a good way and they may gravitate to that easier and quicker and more often. So things like, like I said, um, you know, we don't always, always um, want to believe, you know, we think brain development, brain development happens really early in life, say, you know, zero to certainly, you know, three, four, five preschool age, but there's another stage of development that really has come, that comes about as we, as we enter adolescence and um, there's a pruning, there's a, there's connections being made. And what we need to do is to really, I think, I think that adolescence is such a great time of curiosity for parents to be able to really ask, you know, get to know who their child is developing into. Also to understand that there are so many ways in which kids try on things during the stage. There's, you know, they try on, you know, my kids had purple hair. Three of my kids had purple hair for the first couple of weeks of COVID. I mean, they, yeah. they just decided, and it was like, all right, well, I, I would have been fine with it even if people were going to see them, but you know, they just wanted to try it on and, you know, maybe it's music and all these things. This is a time of discovering who they are. And for us, it's about, you know, unless it's detrimental to them, supporting the changes that they're making and learning to understand who they are, getting curious about who they are rather than, Oh my gosh, my kids got blue hair. Like what are people going to think of me? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the thing is that we, um, you know, it, it is, is this is where teenagers are going through that sort of heightened sense of risk taking that devil may care attitude that what the heck and let's just go and see anyway, because you know, we, we hear it so many times. They just don't understand consequences. But actually, they're not wired to. It's not because they're being bloody-minded. It's just because they're learning and kicking the tires and trying to find out how this world works for them, really, isn't it? 
And they literally don't. I mean, they literally don't have the brain development until they're in their early to mid 20s, depending. Now, you can have every kid comes in with a little bit different temperament and maturity level. I have a couple of my kids are really deep thinkers and really, but that doesn't mean that 100% of the time they're going to make decisions that are the smartest for them. So even that kid that's got a great head on his or her shoulders can certainly turn, you know, make a decision that is either unhealthy and or can hurt them. And as parents, we also have to allow those things to take place, knowing if you look back on your life, Kai, I bet, as I can, the challenges that we face, the largest challenges, and for me, I was 18 and pregnant. um, Those were the times that I grew. Those were the times that I grew. And so as parents, to, I think, go back to the idea of redefining what success looks like means listening to our kids, getting curious about who they are, helping them, you know, if they love football, then, you know, supporting that and getting them lessons in that, but also not forcing an agenda onto them that is, that is yours, that, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's about listening to who your child is becoming And you can only really do that if you're really clear on who you are and you're continuing to work on your own development because life is a growth. Like we don't stop growing. And I think that that is a a huge point is the fact that lots of parents seem to put the brakes on for their own life because they are spinning so many plates anyway. So it sort of goes back to the self-care, doesn't it? It's, I don't have time to do this. I'm doing too many runs for hockey practice. I'm checking homework schedules. I'm doing all this. I'm cooking. I'm holding down a job. And you're trying to tell me I have to do some personal development as well? Yeah. But I think... I'm telling you the most important thing that you can do to contribute to your child's success, however that is defined in your family. And I think it's worth taking the time to sit down and say, what is, what does, maybe success is not the right word. Maybe it's a different word because to me, success, you know, it's like this outside thing. It's this reaching for thing when really it's about connection. What does our family stand for? What, what are, what's it, what do we value? And, and what are we trying to instill not only in ourselves, but in our kids? And are we living that out? Is is contentment the right word, or is joy the right word? Or ah, I think joy is a good word. Yeah, I think joy is a good word because that's that's really and and for some kids it might not be the academic route and that's right and and for for some parents are okay with that and others struggle with that because I hear so many sort of parents going yes I know but if they do that then they're closing all these doors to all these opportunities so what do you say to parents who come up with that? Mm, I say, I, I was given, I'm just gonna go back to my own personal experience for yeah, a second. So my oldest son um, started in community college after high school. He was never very academically, you know, he just wasn't motivated. And that wasn't his thing. He loved computers, but he really didn't have much for studying. He fell into an addiction to alcohol. And um, fortunately, he's at this point 10 years sober, but he never did go on to college. However, his love of computers has served him well and he works full time and he's never had, there's just no reason for him to go to college. Every child is going to find, I'll tell you, even in my own life, I told you I was pregnant at 18 with him. 
I had to drop out of college then, and I worked as a secretary for many years, got married, had other kids, went back to school at um, 40 to finish my psychology degree. And really, and, and I had five kids at that point of all ages and lots going on. And I was more driven then than I ever was at eight, you know, 18, 19. I, I, it just wasn't on my radar. So everyone develops at a different pace and takes a different path. And just because you have this expectation or idea in your mind of what your child should be doing, doesn't mean that that's the path they take. And the parent who can support their child in their vision of who they're meant to be is, is, you know, is fantastic. I mean, it's, 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 that's what we're here to guide them into their best selves. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looks like for my five kids. You don't know what your child is in the world to do and be. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. Yes. And so it's really a matter of us walking on the same journey with them side by side. With not over. With not over. Yeah. And 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 supporting them and guiding them and being there to sort of answer the questions, I guess, many of which we don't even know the answers to if we care to admit it. Right. (laughs) And again, they're gonna stumble. They're going, this is how they learn. I I know I learned resilience and grit and perseverance by the challenges I had in life, not in the, not in the, everything is going well part of my life. Yes. So allowing that to take place for our kids is really important. Now, I, that didn't stop me from stepping in when my son was having an addiction to alcohol, like detrimentally, I am not going to just, oh, well, maybe this is, you know, I did what I could without doing too much. And that's what I think a parent's role is to doing what you can. And it's a tightrope walk. It is, it is. And the, the clearer it is for you is again, when you're clear and listening to your own intuition. So this is what I help parents with much a lot. Uh, you know, the messages we talked about, the messages and the information coming in for our kids is one thing, but the messages and the information in the culture around what is coming at parents is quite another. And we've just got to be still and, you know, go, go within. And that takes practice. I was going to say, how, do, how on earth do you help someone to trust their intuition if they don't even know it's there, if they don't even know to spot the signs, if they don't know that actually it's a thing that they can do. Because, you know, we we were joking about sort of creating guides and sort of 25 different rules for parenting and how five steps to stop, blah, 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 blah. And and I think the thing is, is we're always looking for a fast sort of solution, aren't we? So how do we learn as parents to, oh, hang on a minute, you mean to say I, I'm going to trust my gut here and I don't know if I trust it myself. So how can I do that? Well, I always, the parents that I work with, I ask them, I can't make anyone, but those that have more success are willing to start with a meditation practice. Okay. I mean, I just think, and, and, you know, people have this misguided idea of what meditation looks like. Like I'm, you know, what I'm supposed to sit down for like five, 10 minutes. First of all, I don't have the time. Yeah, It doesn't have to take five, 10 minutes a day. It can, or it can take two minutes. We have lots of apps for phones and things that are helpful to start the practice. And you also have to, as adults, I think 
we, we don't start things like we don't start things as often. So therefore we're not used to that uncomfortable feeling of when you do something new. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, Brene Brown talks about FFTs and I won't go into what that is, but you know, first times we do things are uncomfortable and you can't expect that you're going to be perfect at a meditation practice. The second you start, it's about building it into your schedule for whatever time that looks like. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, whatever. And just being still, it's the practice of being still. And to think that your mind is going to be totally empty during this time. I mean, there's days I'm better than others at days. And, you know, there's days I'm thinking about the grocery list and thinking about things I should be doing. And then, and then I just say to myself thinking, and I bring myself back and I might have to say the word thinking 20 times during five minutes, you know, just, just to bring myself back in and knowing that a meditation practice and being still is to me like a cornerstone of helping a parent re key back into their own inner wisdom. And it's believing that we've got that inner wisdom, isn't it? Because that's absolutely, absolutely. And we, and, and we do. And, and like I said, with all the information that's coming at us all the time and, you know, the myriad of um, parenting books and all, and the answer is always out here. My goal when I'm coaching parents is to help them get back to their own, you know, their own peace. And what does it mean for their family? Like, let's not compare to everybody else and everybody else's kids are in upper level classes and, involved in this and that. I mean, really, I think right now is, I mean, we are are with our families. And so now is the time to be really thinking about what do we value and how are we living that out? And is what we're saying and what we're doing in alignment? Those are the big questions. That's a big question for a parent. You're quite right. So invariably, and this this is what I always say, is the fact that when we are working together, when we are supporting parents to support their children, it goes back to their inner work, the, the, the parents' inner work, doesn't it really? It yes. goes back to, uh, and I think the thing is, is the point that we have to remember is that the only person we can change is ourselves. That's right. So when we sit there and say, I don't have time to do this, I don't have time to the, do that, I can't do the personal development well, you may as well, because you're not going to work out, you know, you're not going to be able to change your child. And I guess the only way your child can change is by watching you and your example, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. it? Yes. And I, I will tell you this. This is my favorite saying. I This was downloaded to me during a shower one day many years ago. Um, our children come through us, not for us, except for the lessons they reflect to us during their journey in an effort to grow us up along the way. So our job is to be the blessed guy that parents with our children so that they can evolve into who they're meant to be. And when they reflect behaviors and things that, that, you know, trigger us, this is our opportunity to reparent ourselves. Oh my word. So that's really (laughs) That's letting go of the reins, isn't it? And what, just having faith and trusting that that there our kids are here to teach us lessons as well. That's got to be a new one for some people to land. 
Well, don't you, I mean, when you think about your own parenting experience, I feel like I, I definitely taught my kids things like how to tie their shoe, how to drink out of a straw, you know, how, yeah. how to cross the street. And my youngest is going to learn how to drive. So that'll be our lit. I think our biggest thing is, is like one of our biggest things is teaching our children to drive. Um, those are the things I'm teaching. My example and the way I behave in the world is also teaching, but I can't tell you how much my children have taught me about having faith, about staying calm, about having the courage to stand on my own parenting island at times and believe in myself and not look to others for an answer. Um, patience, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And grace, grace, being able to give yourself and others grace. So we are teaching our kids the practical skills, whereas they're teaching us. <laughs> Character building and, <laughs> yeah. and and deciding who we want, who we really want to be in the world. I, I think that um, children give us that opportunity to really grow or not grow, you know, and, and it can be disastrous if you are, if you are stuck in a place where you're unwilling to look at, you know, other, other, other options or other viewpoints. Yeah. I think what you just said there um, in passing, and it's sort of another beautiful light bulb moment. Thank you. Is when you sort of said that we're stuck on our own parenting Island, because mm -hmm. it's, it can so feel like that Kim. <laughs> yes isolating and scary and confusing and which way do I turn and and you know you start looking in books and you start listening to podcasts and you start so sort of, where is the answer and yet it doesn't unless you're quite right until you start looking within um it's we're not getting the, the the perfect answer because no one knows our children like we do that's right and do we know our children I guess that's a good another tough question for a parent do you know your child? And if you don't, and, and, and let, let me, let me just backtrack a second and say, I'll just refer to my youngest two that are still in high school. Um, I don't pretend to know everything that's going on for them or that they would tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. I think adolescence is a time again of exploring all our lives, you know, is exploring ourselves and whatnot. But I also know that they feel comfortable and they're, you know, willing to connect with me as well. Um, I just lost my train of thought again. I am so good at that. <laughs> Kai, bring me back. It's, it's, our, it's our kids being, yeah, sort of at one with themselves, even though we are sitting on our parental island, sort of trying to work out what the heck's going on. And, yes. and I guess it's trusting our kids that actually, in fairness, they know best um even though we're meant to be the ones that have the answers and I I think a lot of parents I speak to sit there and sort of go yes that makes sense Kai but I I'm here to guide my child I'm here to help my child and then when that kid acts up or screws up there's that guilt that 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 sort of parental shame of I've got it wrong what have I done I haven't done it right and and whether or not you're on your island or whether or not you're seeking sort of support from others there's that parental shame that goes on as well isn't it but again I go back to we don't know exactly why our kids are here and what their lessons are to learn to evolve themselves first of all um and I can't believe I'm listening again. 
Um, <laughs> I need a coffee instead of water. I'm drinking water and I'm like, I need coffee. Um, but also, I know, here it is, that we take things less personally as a parent. You know, parents are so invested ego-wise into their children. We've been taught and we've been shown in so many ways that our children like are our identity. They're an extension of ourselves. What if we just took a step back from that for a moment and didn't take the eye rolls and every decision they make so personally? Again, we're all here having a physical experience, right? And we're evolving ourselves through that. So as a parent, Somehow along the line, we got this idea that like we're fully responsible at all times for who this individual becomes. And if they're doing it right and they're doing it well, pat ourselves on the back. And if they're not, we're shit and we're, you know, ashamed. And 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 the thing about it is we don't know why our kids are here and what they're meant to learn. What we can do is walk along with them, guide them and work on ourselves in the process. But that's a really hard one because up until adolescence, our kids have been, you know, sort of growing up and reaching their milestones. And it is our responsibility to make sure they're safe. It's to make sure that they are, you know, sort of getting to school on time, to make sure they're fed and watered, to make sure they're doing it all right, in air quotes. And then suddenly... We're now being given permission to let go of the reins, to let go of the the control and to sort of say, right, well, I'm going to let you be your own person now because you're on your own journey. That's a real paradigm shift for some people. Yeah, and I I, I mean that to be in a gradual way. Yeah, no, I get Because we're like, we are definitely the uh, teaching, in a teaching mode through the first you know, at least 10 years of their lives, yeah. right? Up. But there's there's certain things you can give a latitude to a six-year-old on, and choices. I think yeah. I think it's it's good from a young age on when we can give our kids choices to be able to do that so they can learn and discover who they are much earlier than, you know, and I, I definitely don't think it's a, you know, oh, you turned 13, yeah. your life is your own and I'm just going to walk with you. Not so much that as it is a gradual progression, especially as they get to 17, 18 and young adult. I know that here we have a chance, and I don't know about where you are, but um, a real challenge with kids that are go to, that go to college and aren't thriving. They, they come home after a year because they just, they, they, their parents have been, have over-invested in them and they have no wherewithal within themselves and, or they might make it through college, but then flounder and not be able to move on from, from that. They come home and they, you know, they, they flounder, they, they yeah. don't get a job. They, you know, I mean, and then parents get all upset with themselves and blah, blah, blah. I think we really, adolescence is really all about, again, coming up alongside them gradually more and more as they get older and older to allow them to make choices and decisions that sometimes aren't aren't going to produce results that we want however it's not about us it's not about us and yet it is about us right and that's not about and that's that's the thing isn't it is where our e we we need to keep a cap on our ego um, yeah. Because it's the ego going, oh, well done, my son sort of passed his test, or oh, well done, my son, my daughter got A grades, or the captain of the hockey. And we, we, I know it's natural to sort of bask in their glory, 
But it's when things do sort of go slightly differently or not according to plan, we we still take that personally. So I guess it's, as you sort of say, it's we can often over-identify with our children's identity, can't we, as parents? Because yes. many parents lose track of who the Themselves. heck they are in the first yeah. place. Yes, uh, yes, I work with many moms who you know, their kids are growing up or their teens or young adults and they're like, I don't even know who I am. I mean, and that that is so common yes. because we are the chauffeur and the nurse and the maid and the cook and the whatever. Yeah. And, and we forget actually to peel back the layers and sort of see who we are and, and what what makes us you know happy, what gives us joy, what sort of, and, and you know, we forget about all that. We're so invested in the doing that we're not being, you know, we're so invested. And so, again, I go back to, you know, starting a meditation practice that looks like getting quiet. It's very difficult for many people to get quiet with themselves. And how how often? I mean, you know, is it sort of maybe when you're sitting in the car waiting for the kids to come back from swimming? I think it looks like it, it depends on you. I, I get up every morning and that's the first thing I do. And it's 10 minutes. And I set an intention for my day. And I listen to, I have the Calm app on my phone and I listen to um, gentle rain falling. I and it. I just, I just like, so starting my day with that is what works for me. If I have time later, I might do five minutes before bed or, you know, a few minutes before bed, whatever it looks like for, for people, maybe in their busiest part of the day is the time to say, I'm going to go sit in my car for a few minutes and just shut down the world and, you know, take a deep breath and do it, you know, and, and you don't need to have an app or whatever. You do. It's just about being intentional to practice being still. And what what in the sort of long term does that do? Does that sort of help us tune into our intuition? Does that help us sort of put the brakes on emotions? What what what's the I, I think I think what it does is first and foremost um, helps us learn how to respond rather than react. Oh, okay. Like I am a much calmer. I mean, I, I I've been meditating for a long time. Um, but I, even, even in the, in the most tense moments of my parenting that I've had, I I'm calmer, I think for practicing this than I would be if I didn't slow down and take that time to myself. Yeah. Just, just learning how to pause and breathe deep, you know, is such, uh, I, 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 everyone I think gets something a little bit different from it, but being able to learn to pause and respond instead of react is one of the things that I've seen in my own parenting and in the parents that I've coached that's been helpful. And it just, yes, it just, it's a great leveler, isn't it? And it just sort of helps. Yeah. I, I, cause I, I know, so something happened to me today and I sort of was really surprised how calm I was in my reaction. Cause I sort of thought, you know what? 10, 15 years ago, I was a very different person and my reaction would have been very, very different. And I think that is because, you know, I, I'm now an empty nester, so I must admit I don't have kids. <laughs> so I'm sort of calmer anyway. But I think it is also because we, I have done a lot of the 
personal development and I have, you know, and got rid of some of my old emotional baggage because I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's that accumulation of stuff building up that if we don't create that space, if one more thing gets thrown at us, we just don't have the bandwidth to cope with it. Absolutely. So it's, it's just creating that space. Mm-hmm. But being intentional and making that practice a priority. And it's a decision. I mean, we're all, we all have the same amount of time in a day. We're all busy. We're less busy now because of the way, you know, life is pausing us. But what better time than right now to make yourself a priority and do that? I think that's what part of this whole thing is calling us to do is to, again, really prioritize what's important in our lives and to make intentional choices with the time that we have. Yeah. But going back and and it is, it's sort of working out who we are, what we stand for, what's on the inside. And, and, you know, and we were sort of talking about being on your sort of own parental island all on your own, but I know that you hold um, sort of great stead in community as well. I do. Um, so so t- tell us more about that. So. I do. And I, I will say, so I'm talking out of one side of my mouth and saying, you know, you know, listen to yourself, okay. work on your own intuition, which is true. But I also think that this period of time, so adolescence, 10 to 25-ish, um, is also a time where we can feel like we're isolated and on an mm-hmm. island. And I think there is value in building community. So I for example, um, run a group called Moms Empowering Moms. And now we meet on Zoom and we meet once a month on a Monday evening. And it's people who, it's women who really want to come and are interested in being authentic, their authentic selves and really talking about what they're challenged with with their teenager or young adult child at the time. So not so much to, I think, I think, Community can also, when you're authentically connecting with other women in this period of parenting, you understand that you're not facing, you're not the only one facing whatever challenge it is. There's there's such a sense of peace and relief when we know that we're not the only one. And it's okay, I think, to get the opinions of other women that you respect in order to help you come to a decision. It's, it's working together, right? It's working on yourself and, and developing your own self-awareness and connection to your inner wisdom, as well as getting connected with some other women who have the same goal and you know they're sincere in the information and that they're sharing and then you evaluate, right? You're at the end of the day, you are, you are the ultimate, um, authority of of what you decide to do in your parenting. However, it is very valuable to know that you are not alone in the stage that you're parenting. But I I think that's the problem is is that, you know, when our kids were little and we were sort of, you know, wanting to talk about the naughty step and the contents of a nappy and how hard it is to learn the five times table and that sort of stuff, that's easy stuff to talk about. Yes, yes. When we are talking (laughs) about our adolescent issues like addictions you know like sort of self-harming like depression that is a very very brave step for a mum or a 
whoever, a, a parent, a carer, or, you know, sort of the primary um, sort of, you know, authority in, in, at home. I use the authority loosely. Um, but it's a very, very brave step to come out and sort of say, we're struggling here and my child is, you know, not coping with X, Y or Z. Because I know many parents sort of feel that they will be judged. Hello, parental shame. But also their child will be judged and they are trying to protect their unit from even more sort of upset and heartache so it's a brave thing to reach out and say okay Kim and Kai say I've got to have a community but it's a brave thing to reach out for that surely right I and I agree with it takes a lot of courage to do that but it also takes a lot of work to you know sort of finagle like you said the situations and making and, and making sure the child is you know not shamed. And, you know, I think if we all just got a little bit more truthful about how challenging life can be. And I think that's why I, I, I really enjoy the people that I work with um, in coaching is because they, I have been transparent throughout my, um, you know, throughout my business. And and even before that, I, I I mean, I'm not standing on, you know, a mountain going, my kid was an alcoholic and, you know, um, I'm not doing that, but I'm also not shy about being really truthful. Yeah. And I think people see that. And, and I think there needs to be more truth in the world. I think you're quite right. I think the thing is, is we try and paint this fantastic picture that it's just like the Waltons and everything's fine. And it's not. Real life's not like that. Um, real life is sort of warts and all. And I think it's just owning it as well, isn't it? It's owning that things don't always have to go according to plan. And sometimes a plan can change. Yes, for sure. (laughs) My darling, thank you so much. Um, I so appreciate your wisdom, as always. And um, there's there's so much to take away here. But um, I, I shall leave your contact details in the show notes for people that maybe want to contact you and speak to you about um, maybe your workshops and your one to ones and sort of things like that. So awesome. thank you so much for the t- for your time, and it's been so wonderful to speak to you. Thank you, Kai. I loved having this conversation with you. Take Sweet. care. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.